Hello and welcome to the Why I Knit podcast. My name is Dr Mia Hobbs and I'm a clinical psychologist who's passionate about knitting and its benefits for our mental health. Each episode I interview a knitter to ask them why they knit and how it has benefited their mental well-being. This week I'm talking to Roz Edwards. Roz is a prolific knitter who's had a bedbound illness for the last five years. She's turned to knitting to help manage her ME. You can find links to Roz's Instagram and all the yarns and patterns she mentions in the show notes. So hi Roz, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> hi. Hi, so, thanks for having me. You're very welcome. And your background looks beautiful. I should just tell the listeners that you've got all your amazing colourful shawls in the background wow. and a lovely knitted uh, patchwork blanket over the chair. Yes, that's right. It's a cosy memories blanket, which I've oh, wow. stolen back from my son. <laughs> just borrowing it. Yeah. Um, so I'd be really interested to hear where your story with knitting began. Um, Well, it began really officially with him. And when I was pregnant with him, I suddenly thought, so this was 12 years ago, Mm -hmm. I suddenly thought I need to knit. Um, My mother had always knit when we were younger and I hadn't had any interest in it until I became pregnant. Um, Did you learn as a kid from her at all? No, No. I didn't learn from her. Um, My granny knit as loads as well, but didn't learn from her either. But I think some of it must have sunk in kind of through osmosis or something, because once I started and I was learning through books at the time, once I started, it all felt very natural. Um, And I started off with a patchwork blanket and um, which I didn't finish. I was working when I was pregnant and I was very, very sick, so I didn't finish it. Then I had my beautiful boy and didn't knit again then for another six years. At which point he said to me, "Um, you know, all those patchwork squares you've got that didn't make it into a blanket. Could you make me a bear? I said, yeah, sure, I'll make you a bear. So I'm going to show you, although the listeners can't hear, but this is this is a very funny bear with a very floppy head. (laughs) And all made of Um, patchwork. And it's all made of the patchwork scares. And I, I sort of figured out how to make decreases for his ears, but his head doesn't stand up on his own. And he's very chewed, and, but his name is Bernard because everything, everything was called Bernard when my son was a baby. Oh, really? Um, for some unknown reason. And he was, yeah, Bernard was what started it all off. And to make Bernard, I had to knit a few more squares. And once I started knitting six years ago again, that was it I caught the bug okay and I presume Um, you had to invent Bernard's pattern yourself I just kind of stuffed him with t-shirts and sewed the things together and it was very ad hoc but it looks um, very very well loved loved. (laughs) yeah and you still got him that's amazing yeah and so um that's how I started and then I think having become a mother and gone back to work I still was in that kind of who am I? Am I a mother? Am I a career person? And I've always liked wearing not everybody else wears. I've always liked to be a bit individual and different to everyone else. And I realized having started to get the bug with the knitting that I could make things for myself that no one else had. Mm. I think I went on to Lovecrafts and found a very 
difficult, but I didn't know it was difficult at the time, Katia pattern, um, which was a poncho and it kind of knit, the, the yarn knit itself in kind of fun colours. And um, so that's where I started was, right, I can make myself clothes that are different and that suit my slightly different body that is now a mum's body. And that's how it started. And did you start making clothes for yourself quite quickly after? Because I imagine that's quite a big leap from the patchwork blanket to then garments. Well, it was a shame in a way that I had started with that pattern because it was a tubular cast on and it had obviously been translated from maybe German, I don't know, but the translation wasn't great. And so I was quick, tried and tried and ripped and ripped and this poncho just wasn't working for me. So I started off with the intention of making garments and then went to a knitting group just for one session in a local craft shop and was in and the gang and we are knitters and thought ah I can do super chunky knits and they'll be done really quickly so I started knitting blankets um, for my niece and nephew and for my son and for our house um, which we just moved which none of the furniture went we'd inherited loads and I thought rather than pay loads of money for new furniture I'm just going to knit loads of blankets and make everything look nice that uh -huh. way and so that's yeah. that, that's yeah so that's where I, what I did for a good year and a half was stick with us yeah oh lovely so that was how you started um yeah knitting so you said you caught the bug when yeah. you uh, made the patchwork bear Bernard yeah. what was it about it that you think kind of attracted you so you said kind of making stuff for yourself that was a bit different and then you went in with the blankets was there anything about the process you particularly enjoyed yeah I would say I don't know what it is exactly about it but knitting the squares to make the bear I found myself if I wasn't knitting I missed it and whilst at the time I didn't have a lot of time to knit at all um, if I did have some downtime at all I wanted there to be knitting in my hands and I really it wasn't there um, and I found myself I changed jobs trying to do some a job with less responsibility and I, used to, I started taking buses and on the bus I'd bring my knitting with me so I could spend 45 minutes knitting before the day began and mm -hmm. in lunch I would knit and I found that a lot of my job was I had to do a lot of thinking and a lot of writing um, and if there was a problem that I didn't have the answer to lunch break do an hour's of knitting and then all the answers would be there for me when I returned to my desk so I could tell that it was doing something to my brain that was good. Um, but I, I didn't know what it was. That's I just so knew that I could, I could rely on the knitting to kind of help my brain. When I was younger, I used to play the piano and it, used, it did similar things um, that I would go with a problem and leave the piano without them being such a big deal anymore. And yeah, very similar so it's not just about feeling less kind of 
so it's not just about feeling calmer it's almost like it unlocks a different door for solutions as well yeah that's exactly how it felt and it was really brilliant and I think the other I mean the other cool thing is is that on the bus or at work it draws people to you know people Mm. will come and say you know what are you doing and um and that was fun you know and to have people be interested and all people always have their own stories they want to tell you about their mum or their auntie or yeah. their granny and it's lovely that side of it as well yeah so kind of yeah. a different way of connecting to people yeah, yeah. exactly exactly we- I um I didn't find Instagram until I'd been knitting for two years various people had said you really should go on Instagram because mm. I think there's quite a lot of knitters on there and I kind of brushed it off because I didn't want to be on my phone too much. I was enjoying the tactile um, kind of analog being away from my screen. Um, but I did go on Instagram and I started looking at people who were knitting shawls. And I remember thinking, why are people knitting shawls? Like, what's, what is the big deal about that? Um, so I... But I realised that there was a community on there of people from around the world knitting beautiful things and sharing it. And that was really fun for me. I was still working at that point, um, but it was like a whole new world of people. And I've been so in a very corporate world for about 20 years and it all being about money making and selling big contracts. And it was lovely to find a whole community of people that were not in that world necessarily or not talking about that world anyway Mm. did it change what you knitted when you found that community and those kind of connections eventually it did and it was I remember distinctly it was the time when Andrea Marie's find your fade shawl came out and there's quite an iconic picture of her taken by her photographer husband I think standing in nature with her find your fade you know she's got her tattoos and she's she's beautiful and I remember thinking wow this is really cool this is like shawls are cool Mm. and then Stephen West released his Vertices Unite or he'd already released it and I started seeing loads of those on Instagram thinking wow it can be really fun and really cool and the colors can be very untraditional and that really appealed to me. Um, so Find Your Fade was the first shawl I knit. Okay. And I think four or five of those. Wow. Um, yeah. And just just learning to play with colour and lace and fingering weight yarn and yeah. And in terms of why you knit now, would you say the reasons are the same or have they changed over time? Um, well, I was signed off sick five years ago. Um, and it was a very stressful time obviously I was the main breadwinner in the house and we did not know how we were going to survive um and so as time has progressed it was a it's been a real stress reliever and problem solver um and now that the kind of big stresses have eased it's a it's a great distraction from the symptoms I experience um yeah so I find now that if I have really bad pain days I knitting 
if I'm able to knit, then it's it's distracts me from the pain, and I don't feel the pain at all if I'm able to knit. And usually, I am able to knit. I am. I feel pretty lucky that, um, despite being sick, I can still knit. Um, yeah. and, and that's amazing that you actually notice it reducing your pain. Well, I especially I notice it if I'm in so much pain and the normal medication isn't touching the sides. I grab my knitting mm. and um, start to knit, and then it just it just it's just distra- distracts me. Yeah. Um, and I think having been in such a fast-paced career for twenty years, the knitting has given me the chance to learn patience and learn to slow down and Mm. learn to be really really present um which again when you're not well and there isn't a kind of end in sight with the illness um being present I found has been just incredible for my mental health and knitting definitely you know as you're especially now I find I'm I lean towards more complicated patterns things that I have to focus on a bit more yeah um and just the act of counting a lace pattern for example can be can really keep me in the present and um you know help that really conscious living um yeah yeah so that's amazing so it feels like it's really helpful to be able to have knitting so the projects and feeling like I suppose when you said that it doesn't feel like there's necessarily an end in sight in terms of um your physical health difficulties that actually having projects that have an end maybe that feels like things to look forward to I'm interested in what you said about um being attracted to increasingly complicated patterns because (laughs) I that's something I really relate to um I, I wanted to ask about um whether all knitting is equal like um or whether you need a certain type of knitting or you choose you've got different projects on the go and some days it has to be a certain thing or sometimes it has to be something else yeah I think that's that's a really good point and I have countless works in progress mm-hmm. um literally I I can't tell you how many I have on the go <laughs> at the moment um and one of them is very much a stockinette sweater in the round um I've got several brioche sweaters on the go and those ones are for more um, days when my brain isn't working as well. Um, or if I'm reading to my son in bed or we're listening to an audio book. Yeah, we, you know, those are the those are the projects that I will go to. They're more simple ones. Um, is brioche even, in that category? Yeah, it is now, um, especially if it's a brioche jumper which is just the same repeat in the round um, or two round repeat. Okay. Um, yeah, I've done a few of those now and I love the texture that they create. This, you know, that's, that's the other thing is, you know, I've never until I started knitting done art or um, I used to say I don't have a creative bone in my body. Really? <laughs> yeah I know that's extraordinary Um, I I mean I I I feel like if anyone 
can find creativity you know it, I definitely used to feel like I wasn't creative I felt like I was all business um all logic all very is it left brain um can't remember which way around it is but okay yeah yeah I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember um so knitting has taught me that that creativity can be found and um and that I know that I think the color choice as well is therapeutic yeah. in itself um, I really wanted to ask you about color because I associate you you know I first started following you I think probably a few years ago and um I really associate you with somebody who knits a lot of lovely colors colorful stuff yeah. yeah and I've noticed that at certain times of year every year I graduate towards certain color choices um and certainly in spring time or just before spring I've noticed that I've done a few sort of lilac and green and you know spring type colors mm. and in the summer I'm really leaning towards the very very bright pinks and oranges together um although having said that I um <laughs> the, I mean another reason for choosing projects and color is what I will actually end up wearing and as I've started knitting more garments I want to be able to wear them with what I usually wear in the day and I was gifted some very beautiful pajamas last year yeah. and I live in bed so pajamas is what I wear yeah and these pajamas are a kind of peachy pink color yeah so I've ended up knitting things to go with these pajamas I because I end up wearing them and yeah um so that's an element of you know wanting the end result to fit my need having said that I love the process knit of say the Stephen West knit along where I can go really wild and free with my color choices and not think about whether I'll wear it or not just explore color and how it goes together in in a fabric and yeah and um so that's a shawl is that right Yes, 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 yeah. yes. That's and we've right, got yeah. different techniques in different sections. Is that normally how yeah. it goes with Stephen West yeah. patterns? Yeah. I mean, okay. it's perfect for short attention spans, these mystery knit-alongs, because it's a different technique every few rows and, and you don't know what's coming. So, yeah, I love his, I love his mystery knit-alongs. Mm. Um, really enjoy them. And I look forward to them every year. And and I guess there's a sense of community along with that as well. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, of all the things that knitting has brought me, that is the biggest surprise. It's the community. Okay. And, um, and especially as, as my life has changed quite dramatically, from, and I am a natural extrovert. So when I was working, I was just surrounded with people all the time and in constant communication with all sorts of people so suddenly not having that outlet I have found that I've got sort of I found new and like-minded people who are really good friends now around the world um, who I really feel like we're there for each other when when personal things happen and um, that's incredible to me mm. that that the knitting community can be like that and 
um, the kindness and generosity of spirit has astounded me because I've not been in a world where kindness was a value, was valued. Yeah. Do you um, in the corporate world? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Mm. Um, so the generosity, in fact, the cozy memories blanket, which I'm leaning against, started because I'd never heard of yarn advent calendars before. Um, and a friend online sent me a box of beautifully wrapped advent yarn and was like here you go and I couldn't believe the time and thought that had gone into it and I thought well I've got to make one of these blankets yeah and and I haven't looked back it's not done yet um but it's you know it's big enough now to kind of wrap up in and yeah um yeah so there have just been countless examples of that level of just quite incredible generosity um and my mum will say that I'm a very generous soul myself. And I I think when you're in the corporate environment, you kind of tamp down on that sort of personality trait. Right. And so it's allowed me to express some of that in return. Um, and that's just been so joyful mm. and meaningful. And Because that can affect your mental health as well, can't it? The feeling of doing yeah. something nice for somebody oh, else. Oh, definitely. And I think now my most treasured projects are the ones where either the yarn has been dyed by someone who I've met in person or online um, or has been dyed by someone who is either a a black or a a brown or an indigenous maker um, and or the pattern has been designed by someone who's a small designer who... Mm -hmm is looking to expand their business. So I've gone from knitting the patterns by the really big, big names. Um, I obviously still knit Stephen West because I will always knit his patterns, I think. But in general, I try to knit patterns from designers who are less known, um, just in the hope that even if I can encourage one or two people to buy a pattern from them, then... I will have helped them along the way kind of yeah. thing. And, you know, I won't, I won't knit any designers, but like just this summer, I test knit for a designer who has got less than a thousand followers on Instagram. And she is an exquisite designer, Susan Lynn. Um, and it had a beautiful lace yoke and knitting it. I had, to, I knitted during a time when my son went away on holiday without me for three weeks. Cause I wasn't well enough to go. Okay. And I was really heartbroken not to be well enough to go on this holiday and worrying about him being on holiday without me. Um, I don't think I've been that sad ever. And it just so happened that the day or a couple of days after he left this test knit started and I literally poured all my emotions into this project. And the, the fact that it was so beautifully designed and so intuitive and watching this beautiful fabric grow in my fingers, um, it was just the ultimate therapy for me. Um, and I have told the designer, Susan, um, this, and, yeah. and I wear it so fondly um because I feel I feel like it really kept me together it yeah. held me together through those weeks that he was away and I finished it just before he came back oh so, wow 
yeah it was just and did you do that because it sounds like it kind of there was an element of coincidence that it happened to be that pattern but I suppose I'm interested in whether you choose patterns specifically or projects for a life event or um kind of in order to be therapeutic for you if you see Mm. what I mean whether that was more of a coincidence that it happened that way I think it was I think that was more of a coincidence I I had I think I'd signed up for the test knit before I knew I wasn't going to be well enough to go on holiday Mm. um and so I'm just trying to think if there are I certainly cast things on in a in a kind of therapeutic I need to cast something new on kind of thing um and that's going to cheer me up and give me that buzz of um, in the same way as someone else might have a glass of wine or chocolate after a stressful yeah. day that kind of thing yeah exactly yeah, I know exactly that. <laughs> um and I I mean I go through phases of casting lots of things on and then I go through a phase of finishing lots of things off do they all um, get finished yeah they do get finished yeah. in the end and um I often get people saying wow you knit fast and I'm like well that was already like three quarters done so um so you get the pleasure of finishing something that actually didn't have a lot left to go um but I I mean there's another jumper that I knit in the summer before Sam went away um where I had a really big flare of my ME and it, it manifested this time in a very 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 sore throat um which I don't tend to get very often anymore and I cast on the sea glass tea by woolen pine designs it had just been released and you the way they wrote the pattern was that you choose two new colors for every row it's a colorwork jumper and fingering weight and so you're literally choosing two new colors every row and I got my big basket full of all my odds and ends and I sped through that pattern with my sore throat and remember knitting the pattern more than I remember the sore throat but I remember it being a very again a very um lovely distraction and it was just so joyful um so it stopped me from feeling too sorry for myself and I just spent most of my time looking at my growing fabric thinking oh look isn't that beautiful and how does it feel (laughs) to wear it now amazing amazing yeah feels really good to wear it so it feels Um, like a triumph over that sore throat (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But I don't know. I think there are probably, I imagine, a lot of people who knit um, without needing a deep meaning attached to it um, and who just knit for the joy of knitting um, and for the end product. Whereas I found that for me, there is greater joy if there is meaning so either if I know the yarn dyer or yeah. um, they're a small designer or whatever it is, um, I like that those are my really treasured objects. The, yeah. the jumper I'm wearing today is the Cicerists Pullover by Hoagie Locatelli. Yeah. And um, this was on the cover of Pom Pom and yeah. it was modelled by a black woman in a wheelchair. Yes. And I remember when the issue came out vividly and I can't remember if I actually cried or if I just had tears in my eyes and I wow. felt really choked up for a long yeah. time, but I felt so choked up. Um, the issue had been guest edited by Ocean, who is another black 
um, yeah. women in our industry. And I just, I remember feeling grateful and relieved that there was, there was finally some more recognition um, being given and paid jobs being given to black women in our industry and that there was a woman in a wheelchair on the front cover mm -hmm. of a magazine and it just meant the world to me and to be you know that whole feeling of being seen and I don't yeah. think I'd appreciated that I hadn't felt seen before but I knew that I had to knit that jumper yeah and um I have a really dear friend who I met through Instagram who lives in Bristol who dyes yarn Tracy of Somerset Yarns and she does beautiful yarn and so I used her mohair for the jumper so the whole thing um, my mum tried the jumper on as well and she looked so good in it that I had to give it to her so I knit myself oh. a second one in exactly the same yarn. okay so you have got a, that is yours you haven't had <laughs> yeah. to borrow it back to wear this one it. is mine yeah <laughs> this one is good. mine and yeah so I mean talk about meaningful yeah, I you know when I put it on, also it's perfect for wearing in bed because it's so light, but it's still warm enough to give me some warmth. So yeah, it it suits lots of purposes. Yeah, but. so it sounds like a big part of the knitting is you kind of showing and using your kind of values in life through Definitely. the yarns that you buy, the pattern designers you support. Yeah, that sounds and like I, that's a big part of what gives it meaning for you. Yeah, for me, yeah. and I do recognise that I that 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 not everybody will knit in the same way as me, and that's brilliant. You know, if, if you're knitting, that's great in my book. Um, but just for me, it means you know, if, if there is meaning, then extra meaning, then I love it even more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in terms of how it feels, it sounds also you you kind of have that connection while you're knitting the project. Oh, then yes. you can retain the connection with the garment afterwards and that you still yeah, get definitely. those memories and reactivate those values when you put the that jumper on. Yeah. Hmm. And I have them all stacked up on shelves on my landing outside my bedroom. So I can see them all really clearly um, when I leave my bedroom. And mm -hmm. so it fills me up every time I leave the room, I can see them all. And I think when I first got signed off sick, I did have a couple of I've had I've had therapy several times in my life, but I had a couple of therapy sessions on the phone soon after I was diagnosed with having ME. And um, I remember the lady saying to me, if you can do one thing in a day that gives you a sense of accomplishment, and if you can try and connect with a friend once a week, then you'll be you know, you, you should be okay type of thing. Yeah. And I, I've hung on to that. And, you know, even if I'm only well enough to knit a couple of stitches or a row, um, then I can, I can look at it and say, I did that. And that's my sense of accomplishment ticked off for the day. Yeah. And I'm interacting frequently with friends on Instagram. Um, and that is connection enough generally for me. So it really has given me all I need um yeah and that's I guess one of the things when I'm using knitting therapeutically the the thing you mentioned first about doing something that gives you yeah. either pleasure or a sense of achievement and I think exactly. knitting is really good for that in that you can do a teeny tiny amount and still have made progress towards a, a thing or you know yeah, a project. It's tangible. yeah yeah and 
again, you know, for most of my adult life until now, I'm 45 now and I stopped working when I was 40. So until I was 40, I hadn't ever done anything that was really tangible because I was selling concepts or management programs or, oh, you know, one thing or another. There wasn't something I could hold in my hands yeah. and say, look, this is what I did or what I made. Um, so it's a real delight for me at this age to discover it and, um, is it and, to, and yeah, I know <laughs> it kind of is. Yeah. I watched my, I watched my son who I, I believe he is, you know, he just can't stop doing art in one form or another. It okay. just pours out of him. And wow. I've never, I've never watched someone who is so, natural at wanting to do art and um so I look at him doing it and I think well that's real art whereas knitting I'm just following a pattern um but having said that I do look at my shawls all hanging up and I just appreciate the beauty of them and I can feel good that I made them and mm. yeah and I guess you're choosing your materials and your colors and yeah. also I don't know what the official definition definition of art is but you also sounds like for you particularly giving meaning and yeah. showing your values through your work yeah that's I guess and also I think, part of an artistic process I would imagine yeah I can't remember I can't remember somebody saying you know if you, if you can hang it on your wall and appreciate it then it's art and really I don't wear my shawls because they're they're less comfortable for me to wear my neck gets so hot but I do hang them on the wall and look at them and appreciate them. So yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered about the materials actually, um, about mm. whether there was anything, I don't know, therapeutic or different about different materials, about the, you know, like you said about it being tangible, holding it in your hand, yeah. how it feels, whether you've got certain, I don't know, days where you want a certain type of thing in your hands, like a Yeah, I would say so. Yarn. And I um I've been knitting with sort of fingering weight, mostly super superwash merino, um, and I have a really big stash of yarn that is that superwash merino fingering mm -hmm. weight yarn, and I love knitting with that. It's very soft for my. I got more sensitive skin now than I used to. Mm -hmm. Having said that, I met um, a designer and yarn dyer called Marina Skewer who um, is on Instagram as well. And she sources her yarn from local farms. And I bought some of her yarn and knit a jumper called the Boscula in the spring. And I was so surprised by how much I enjoyed knitting with non-superwash yarn, well, with her yarn especially. Yeah. It was so springy. And again, that whole kind of being present in every stitch, even though I was knitting in the round for a lot of it, um, every stitch I enjoyed. And I thought, wow, I can see why people love non-superwash yarn now. It didn't feel itchy. Mm. It felt so springy. And because I've met her and um, I think she's a cool person um, and I love her designs, it was mm. her design as well. 
okay again that was you know lots of meaning and the fact that yeah. it was you know local to her and local to me because she lives locally okay um so I was picturing these sheep that are not very far away from here yeah thinking, oh yeah <laughs> so yeah definitely um but generally speaking I am drawn to the color of the yarn or the artistry in the hand dyeing first but if it's by a person who I either think is not promoted enough or um, who I really love for whatever reason, um, then I will really enjoy knitting with their yarn. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, you've shared a few um, significant projects and obviously mm -hmm. I can, could see lots behind you and, and we met Bernard, but I wonder if you've, would tell us about a particularly significant knitting project for you? Hmm. Well, I I would say that the Susurus pullover by Hohi and the Swoon sweater by Susan Lynn have the greatest meaning to me that mm -hmm. I've mentioned. But another one that is definitely high up on my list of significant projects is my mum and I went to Edinburgh Yarn Festival um, in 2018 and then 2019. Mm -hmm. And in 2018, I went with the intention of buying yarn to make a Talia sweater by Jennifer Steingas. And we ended up at the Mayak booth and bought yarn from Mayak to make this jumper. And it's quite an investment. Um, but I'd read the story again of Mayak and how Mayak was born and was amazed by the project in the Himalayas that had created this yarn. Yeah. So I got the yarn and before I went back to Edinburgh Yarn Festival the next year, I knit the jumper and then had a photo with Paula who runs Mayak um, wearing my jumper. So that was just, yeah, super significant, super yeah. special. And again, as I was knitting it and as I wear it, I was thinking of the project in the Himalayas and what Mayak have done to try and get more income back into that community. And so, yeah, that's another good, significant one for me. Um, a knitting disaster, which turned into a success, <laughs> um, yeah. which again is quite significant. Um, I was entered into a yarn giveaway by a podcaster called Shannon, who does the Whiskey and Wool podcast. And I love her podcast. She's in New Jersey and she, um, I learn a lot about color and design from her because she's been in that industry for many years. So okay. she entered me into this giveaway and we won and we each won a sweater's quantity of yarn from Garn Stories. Um, so the yarn arrived, I decided what I was going to knit with it, which was the Igawa sweater by Junko Okamoto. Um, and I think I, it's a fingering weight jumper and I mm -hmm. knit about a half of it and then ripped it back because I wasn't happy with the shape or something. Knit three quarters of it and ripped it all the way back because <laughs> I wasn't happy with the color pooling and then knit it again. And now I love it. But um, So you knit the same pattern? Weak. Yeah, same yeah. pattern. It was weeks and weeks of knitting. Yeah. And I can remember my little brother just being absolutely amazed that I'd somehow learnt 
so much patience because the roles that he knew of old would never (laughs) have done that now I used to be go-karting skydiving scuba diving formula one etc etc adrenaline junkie absolutely so he just couldn't compute that I would do that (laughs) it's I think it's a good thing do you Um, think that transfers outside of knitting that you've that patience or yeah interesting um uh to some extent I still would say I mean I've had to learn patience through being ill Mm. and knitting has helped me to learn that. Um, I think I'm an extraordinarily patient mother. (laughs) If I do so, 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 so so much. That is an achievement, a big (laughs) achievement. (laughs) Well, I I learned from my mum who had four. I don't know how she did it. I only have one. But... um, yeah, I I notice myself beca- being more patient with him when I could become more impatient, mm-hmm. um, and just the reward that that brings. But I I yeah, it's a tricky one. There's a lot of the old me that is still there, and yeah. I'm still pretty sassy, and I still um, drive my husband mad with you know one thing or another. <laughs> as I would have done when I was completely well. Um, but I guess I'm there's a lot pretty... you have to tolerate in terms of the limitations of what you can manage because of your illness. Yeah. I guess that the I can, patience, yeah, it's, I'm sure, is yeah, it's being a, used it, up in droves in that sense. Exactly. Like It's a surprise every day when I try and walk and I can't walk as I thought I was going to walk. It's still a surprise every day. Mm. Um, and... So, yeah, you have to limit yourself. But I think I've just learned to sort of change my milestones, I guess. Mm. And it has taught me to be really grateful for the smaller or or the more important things um, that I would have just taken for granted before. Yeah. So I think there's an awful lot that I am grateful for that I would not have discovered had I not had to slow down completely yeah yeah um Um, I think that you have mentioned so many things already but I wanted to end with this question um Mm -hmm. which feel free to mention something you've already said but um Mm. what's the greatest gift that knitting has given you for the rest of your life I suppose um I think the biggest gift is that is the community mm. and that the understanding that it's given me of how important community is, how flawed community can be, but how even from bed I can take an active part in in that community. Um and I gain so much from it and I feel like I do my best to give back to it um I think patience as we've said already yeah um is a big gift um especially for me but also I think especially it's that forcing yourself to be present um 
and that is a huge gift yeah um because so much of life is so fast um so being able to just focus on each stitch um is is a great lesson in general for for life and you know i i, I noticed myself being more present in the rest of my life thanks to knitting i would say yeah wow so it's a lot <laughs> a lot of gifts, yeah i mean really. it, it is a lot and i yeah. think if i hadn't been signed off sick maybe it wouldn't be as much but mm. um because I don't go out now and you know it, it is it is pretty much everything so sure. yeah but I'm guessing so there are actually you. a lot of knitters in the knitting community who feel like it has had a really significant role in mm. there because I guess a lot of um people are maybe attracted to it because of finding challenges with other hobbies or other parts of life um that yeah. there's something that draws them to it in the first place yeah I agree I agree there's, and I think just the the very act of it is soothing and yeah. so um yeah I think when you meet other knitters you've got that whole sense of you know we know something the rest of the world doesn't yeah. this is actually really cool and <laughs> I guess that's um, part of the podcast is trying to let other people in on the secret really because yeah, I guess amongst I knitters so. you see you know knitting pins about you know I knit because punching people is frowned upon or things that allude to there's something therapeutic about it I suppose in a roundabout yeah. way or that was my reading of those kind of yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and it's something that is you know I think a lot of people are either I remember when I was working and you know a lot of people work a lot of hours um your whole identity is tied up with what you're what you do in your job um and when you become a parent if you become a parent um your whole identity is suddenly swallowed up with I'm a parent um and knitting gives you an outlet that is neither of those things that is just for your own joy. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important. Um, you know, so I don't think of myself as a sick person. I don't really think of myself as a knitter either. I, you know, I'm a person who has a passion and, um, you know, I've been very lucky in a lot of areas of my life, but I love the fact that it gives people something other than just their career or, you know, just the fact of being a parent, which are great things. But, they, I, you know, it's nice that they're not the be all and end all, I think. Yeah. And to have a way of, I think, yeah, the expression of creativity. Yeah, or, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ros, thank you so much for talking to me. Um, I'm oh, sure there'll be people such a pleasure. Who, who would love to see your beautiful creations and all your colourful shawls online. Can you um, just tell me how they can find you online on Instagram? Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm on Instagram as Rosemond, um, which is what I used to get called when I went to school in Montreal in Canada. So that's okay. why. So that's that Rosemond with the second uh, uh, o is a zero. A zero, yeah. yeah. Um, I am not on Ravelry, um, but I have an account that is still there that has old projects on there, which is again Rosemond, but the first zero, first O is a zero instead. Okay, just to keep us on our um, toes. 
<laughs> I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I did that, but there we are. Um, but Instagram is really where I am. And um, yeah. Okay, super. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Why I Knit podcast. If you'd like to hear more about how I'm using knitting for its therapeutic benefits, please follow me on Instagram at knitting is therapeutic or on my website which is therapeuticknitting.org if you or anyone you know would be a great guest for the podcast then please get in touch Hello? Testing, testing, testing.